Welcome in to the Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast. Thomas Miller, so glad you are here. I am honored and I appreciate you just stopping by. Let's have a little chat. This one today comes from our Facebook group. And if you're not in our Facebook group, we'd love to have you. It's for podcast listeners, but podcast listeners only. So there are four questions at the gate, but it's the Subconscious Mind Mastery and Fun Astrology podcast listeners. Don't worry, they're easy questions. (laughs) We just want to make sure, because we have conversations like what we're going to have now in there on a regular basis. So one of our folks wrote about a recent post that I put up about um, a situation I'll describe briefly here in just a second, but he said, it got me wondering actually has been my experience with life, plus that post had me wondering recently, what's the best way to acknowledge the shadow or negative energy that often crosses our paths, my parenthesis, or evil even, without getting stuck in it or feeding into its energy? Excellent question. He said spiritual bypass is a term I've heard of, describing when people gloss over negativity without acknowledging it. Just ignoring the negative and pretending everything is positive does not seem to be in line with high vibration living. But at the same time, there is a certain amount of effort involved in being positive and saying no thanks to the negative, leaving it peacefully and putting attention on the positive. The subject has been playing out in my own life recently, and I cannot ignore or bypass it any longer, and I'm glad for that. He says, what are your thoughts? Well, let's talk about this, because I just, I didn't want to answer it in text, because this needed an explanation, and this needed a podcast, and we're going to extrude it out quite a bit, because there are several good points in here. So thank you, Rob, for the question, first of all. Now, what he was describing... I'm going to tell this very quickly and hit the high points. It's public information, but for the first time in 10 years, I chose not to finish a Fred Dodson audiobook. The book is called What Do You Know About Human Harvesting? It was written in 2023. For those of you who are down the timeline listening to this in 2030 or 2040, it was written a long time ago. (laughs) But as this podcast is being done, it just came out. And it's about reptilians. It's about the shadow factor working in our world. We're seeing it in way too many places now. It is certainly a factor, etc., etc. Well, I finished the book, but I had to skip two chapters because the content was very dark. It was very graphic. It was gory. And it was something that I just did not want to be the guy on here talking about living our highest timeline and Rob living our highest vibration and on Fun Astrology podcast talking about, hey, let's choose the high side of these aspects, which I've come to learn is my message. That's what people respond to. That's what they want to hear from me. It's very clear whenever I deviate from that, the, it just, the message just shuts down and people shut down and they don't listen. So by observation of what works and what doesn't, I'm like, this is my message. And here I was having to bring into vocal existence, not just words on a page that you can quickly skim over, but these were words that were going to be memorialized. And somebody reminded me, in the beginning was the word, and what we say and our words create our reality. 
And I just didn't want that in my audio booth. I didn't want it in my life, in my home. And I expressed that to Fred, and it was uh, his response was, well, it needs to be in there, so either choose to narrate it or choose to take a pass, and I chose to take a pass. Was that a tough decision? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, very tough. Because we've been doing this, I mean, you know, it's, it's just what we do. Fred writes a book, and I narrate it. Ten years of that partnership. But this was one that I just couldn't cross over. Well, right after that, I mean right after all of that kind of hit, was around this big eclipse that we had in October of 2023. And I mean two hours after the eclipse and where this stuff was happening before it, came a flood of information to start a new business that you'll be hearing about, High Timeline Publishing, featuring a lot of the works and books, but in a condensed, concise way that you can just go and grab kind of thing. And there's even a section in there. What's the next Fred Dodson audiobook that I should listen to? <laughs> you know, it's like people get through and they say, well, I want another one. So we're going to be featuring them just two at a time. And that's something that you can go in and just not be overwhelmed by the mass of information out there. But if you want a high timeline book for high vibe living, this is going to be your source. As that comes out, you'll hear about it. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's not ready yet. Still building the blocks. Just got started on it, actually. But then this question came in and just thought that this was excellent because if we stay in that neutral space, like I wasn't all up in the thing with Fred. It just, he said, make a choice. Well, I did. Was it uncomfortable? Yes. Was it difficult ground to be on or to realize? Yes. And I just didn't pay a lot of attention to it. It didn't grab me because the drumbeat of the high vibe is higher than the drumbeat of what might not fit that. See, so it didn't have a hold. But this is exactly what I wanted to talk about here because there were several things that came to light through this situation. And that is so very, very clear. I mean, if it wasn't clear before, it is crystal clear now that what we focus on, i.e., what we give our attention and our awareness, and that will be one of Fred's focus books coming up, I promise you, is The Miracles of Attention and Awareness. It's a great book that reminds us that what we put our focus on expands in our reality, or at least, let's put it this way, what we put our focus and attention and awareness on starts to morph into reality. It's like dropping seeds into the garden soil. I did a garden this year up here in North Carolina. Got it started too late. I'm going to have to time the start of it better next year, but we, because it does, it gets cold around here in October and the garden gets grumpy, but I went through the garden process. So it's a great analogy. So these thoughts are like dropping those little seedlings in, in January and February, trying to get them started and get them to come up out of the ground. And here's the second point that we know, but we just have to be reminded that what we speak, what we say, definitely starts to morph into reality. And that, too, was underscored by this process. Now, here's kind of the deal. It doesn't grow overnight, and thank goodness our thoughts don't manifest instantly, or we would have all kinds of trouble, right? <laughs> but, but it is a net-sum game. So what we focus on 
and say the most is what comes into reality or what we give the most energy to. Now, I'm going to say that I believe that fear is one of the exceptions to that because fear is one of those subconscious elements that if we don't deal with it, it becomes an embedded emotion that is always on, more so than anything positive, too. It will always run the show, and it stays in the background so that if it is not dealt with, it will keep running and it will keep dominating, and then you will draw in energetically exactly what you fear. When I went to Aspen, so 2015, I wanted to write a book and do the narration process. So I did the topic that I still was working through myself. Fear Busters is the name of that book. And it's still out there. It's still on Amazon. The audiobook is still there. You're welcome to grab it. It's probably very cheap because it's not a long book. But it was some subconscious techniques that you can use to offset the programming of fear. That was the intention of the book. Talking about techniques, tools and techniques. But talking about fear here, so there are two scales, basically, that we are running all the time. One scale is the time and attention and focus. Do you ever? I've got a friend who talks about stuff a lot, ruminating over things. And it's like the pattern gets etched because he just doesn't get off of it magnifies it, amplifies it, embellishes it, talks about it more and talks about it more, well, what that's going to do is obviously it's going to grow those seeds, puts them on hypergrow. When you do that, think about what you're doing in the process of ruminating and giving that time and tension and focus is like dropping miracle grow on poison ivy. You have to know what you're doing there is giving it attention that you don't want. And then the other thing is, how much charge does it have? How emotional is this for you? Is it a big deal? Like the thing with Fred, definitely had some charge, but it wasn't a lot of charge. And because I didn't charge it up, that's why I was available for the downloads that came later that weekend, literally that same day. So, we could have a lot of internal fear about something, but we stuff it. Like Rob said, bypass. Easier to ignore it than deal with it. Well, hold on a minute, because the subconscious will take care of itself, and that fear then, or whatever it else is that you're just bypassing and sweeping aside, will be on a level 10 all day and all night in the subconscious even though you might not have one conscious thought about it. And it is miracle grow on poison ivy at that point. Or, let's say that you have something in the moment, but it doesn't really impact you, this thing that happened with the book. Let's say it's a three or a four. Not that charged, but it's something that you do have to spend some time on. And I had to spend some time releasing this. I absolutely did. And it took a little while. I mean, it kept coming back to mind. But on a grand scale, okay, let's give it a four. Let's, let's say it was a four. And then it became a three. And then by the early part of the next week, it was a two. And then it was basically gone. It just was what was in the space. Decisions made. We've moved on. Next book will hopefully be down the line and we'll get back on track. 
But the chances of something like that forming into a reality are pretty slim. Unless, again, you just ruminate on it over and over. But if you have these two in alignment, in other words, the time, attention, focus, and the charge, that's when you can start to manifest. But not if you, not if you focus on it so much that it becomes a push away. And here's what I'd like to share on that. This is one of Fred's exercises, and it is, I think, the most valuable exercise he probably has come up with. Giving attribution where attribution is due. Think of a horizontal line in front of you, and in the middle of that line, put a zero. To the right, go out 10. We're doing a 1 to 10 scale here, or 0 to 10 scale. Desire is on the right. Resistance is on the left. And this is something you can do literally with anything that comes up into your space. Instantly think of this if you don't get pro here's what you could program yourself to do is think of this scale because this will deflect and de and just resolve so many issues something happens think of where you are on that scale how much are you desiring an outcome versus how much are you resisting an outcome and place a number on it so i could have said wow i am really resisting this book I mean, it is like a 12. I don't want to read these words. This is really gory, negative stuff. I've never seen Fred write anything like this before. I don't want to be the... And just like really pushing on it in my mind and really working myself up about it. Or I could just say, you know, I... That's not what I really would like to be known for. And I really would not like to put those mental images into your earbuds... And in a way, you are as good as your last project. And he said, it's either in or out. It's all or nothing. So I know what the parameters are. I know what the deal is. And he said I could choose. So I even went back to it two more days. And I tried to read just a little bit each day. And I was just like, no, I just don't want to do this. So see, that was not a strong resistance. And it became a choice. On the desire scale... I get astrology questions, horrorary. I'm doing the horrorary questions over on funastrology.com, and people will say, will so-and-so want to be with me? Or will so-and-so offer to marry me? Or this kind of thing. Relationship, right? And you think about, wow, that person is really desiring. Or maybe they're not really desiring. They're wondering if it's safe to really let their emotions go and move to a higher level of desire. Who knows where they are with that? But you could see that, you want a relationship really, really, really bad. I mean, like, I really want to be in a some kind of romantic relationship, and I want a partner and somebody that can do this with me, and I don't want to be alone. See, there's resistance. How much is that on that scale over on the other side? But, oh, I really would like to have somebody in my life. How much? Eight? Yeah, you're going to push it away. So you bring it back, and you say, I love being in a relationship. I do. And right now I'm not. So if it comes along, great. I'll be looking for it. And by the way, in my mind, here is the criteria that of a relationship would work for me. And it would be wonderful. And obviously there's give and take in there. It's not a, a mandate list, but this is what I would be looking for. And if that shows up, and maybe it needs to just show up miraculously, synchronistically, 
because I don't know that I want to get on and do all the things that people do these days to try to meet somebody. It just hasn't worked out. So I'm just hanging in neutral space. Meanwhile, I have plenty to do and I'm very fulfilled in my life and my job and my work. And I have a great dog or cat and life is good. So you bring the desire to a two or three. And it's in that space, two desire, two resistance, not six desire, not eight resistance, two. That's where the universe works. That's where the universe can bend metal. That's where the universe is free to bring things to you. It's when you have the emotional charge that it pushes things away. Both directions, too. And if you observe, there are a lot of people that get charged up. All right, here's another one from Fred, the 5 to 1 scale. I think he teaches it as 3 to 1. I did 5 to 1. Now, this is not as much about properly dealing with the thing. You have to do that. You have to neutralize these energies. And you don't energize it by pushing it away. If you're afraid of something, see the material. I wasn't afraid of the material. The material was gory, but I just didn't want my voice there. That's all. But boy, people do get charged up about stuff. You, you have to deal with that first. But then after it's neutralized, then you apply the five to one scale. So for a one negative, find five positive offsets. And that will help counterbalance the first point that we talked about of how much time do you spend? Well, spend five times being in the positive to one negative occurrence. And I, boy, with this new project that came along, I mean, that whole other situation for me is gone. I mean, it's like long gone. And I'm super excited about what I'm working on right now with this new publishing venture. And it's going to just make things wonderful for you guys, which makes it wonderful for me. So it's like, okay, I've got plenty of positive to offset that one negative. Now, let me mention a couple of traps. And Rob already mentioned one. That's the bypass. Yes, absolutely. Glossing over it shoves it below the surface and embeds it in the realm of the subconscious. So we don't want to do that. We do want to bring it out. We want to be able to examine it. You should be able to hold it in your hand. And I, I literally, I still do this. I'll hold my hand out as though it's out there in front of me, not attached to me. I'm able to examine it, observe it, look at it, but don't attach to it, right? And then you can just flick your hand away and just release it back into the air. You're in a good position when you can look at anything without any response. Oh, this is so dated that a lot of you won't get it, but there used to be a TV show on called Dragnet. It was about these two cops, and Jack Webb played one cop, Sergeant Joe Friday. He was a dry, crusty old guy, and he just would say whenever somebody was going off about all the details about that, 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 and telling them more than he wanted to know, and he would just say, just the facts, ma'am, just the facts, in a very dry voice. <laughs> it's like, that's what we're doing here. It's like, if you can just, just the facts, and do it dryly, then you're okay. That is neutralized. Really, he didn't care about all the story. Just the facts, ma'am. Well, then the second trap is spiritual arrogance. And I, uh, I see this a lot. You see it a lot in churches. But it's a funny paradox because true spirituality should make us more humble, not proud or arrogant. But a lot of people do attach a lot of self-importance and self-meaning or significance because of their spiritual path. If that hits home for you and you go, oh, yeah, I should take a look at that, the Tao Te Ching is wonderful for that. 
because it talks so much about neutrality, humility, emptiness. You find things in the empty spaces, and that's also where you find God or the Tao. Just that's an awareness. Be alert for that one as a trap because it will definitely keep you from addressing those real issues that you're trying to neutralize. It masks them so that they don't go away. It masks them behind that, oh, I've got it all together spiritually. So you could take the perspective of, I'm growing until the last breath I sip from this planet, and then I'll be growing on the other side. You know, it's all about that growth. And just be on that journey and be in the wonder of everything that we encounter along the way. Then the final point, we'll close with this, that Rob was saying that at the same time, there is a certain amount of effort involved in being positive and saying no thanks to the negative, leaving it peacefully and putting attention on the positive. Exactly. It does take effort. And that's like when I decided to do this garden, I had a little bit of effort getting the patch ready where I was going to plant. But after that big heavy lifting was done, then the weed trimming was pretty easy. Just keep an eye on it. Pluck, pluck, pluck. little water from time to time. There's a lot of water here, but occasionally I would water. So there was some work, but it wasn't bad. And this is being intentional with our thoughts, being intentional with our life. And realizing that all of these things that we do, we can eventually fulfill them. So is it worth the investment of the time? To me, yes. Because then we really do create a life that is beautiful and worth living. And yes, my garden worked out great. (laughs) Lots of, well, I mean, it was small. It was a good start. But lots of nice vegetables, herbs, tomatoes, etc. It was great. It was a lot of fun. Hope that helps. Rob, thanks for the great question. Thank you for listening. And when you design the life that you love and you are intentional about it, then you truly do enjoy the journey. I'm Thomas Miller. Thank you so much for listening. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate.